0: (laughs) live from beyond the beltway this is genie ives sitting in tonight for bruce dumont with our weekly analysis of national politics featuring occasional injections of rumor and innuendo all offered up by our panel of political insiders pundits power brokers public servants professors and most importantly plain speaking americans from coast to coast Tonight, featuring commentary by Republican Stephanie Hitt, a lawyer and previous campaign staffer for U.S. Senate candidate Kathy Salvi, Democrat Ken Duncan, Ken is a former Democrat elected official, and also conservative Joseph Morris, former Assistant U.S. Attorney General under Ronald Reagan. Joe is now in private practice. Our program tonight is coming to you from our home base, AM560, The Answer. WIND Radio in Elk Grove Village, Illinois. Our phone lines are now open at 1-800-723-8289. That's 1-800-723-8289. Well, audience, we're going to get started with uh, the three videos that dropped on Friday. How is it that they drop important videos on a Friday right before playoffs for the Super Bowl coming up and everything else? Well, it, I'll tell you what, it seems to be that there's a lot of attention trying to not be focused maybe on the document gate, which we're going to get to also in this program. But let's talk about those videos first. Um, you know, And I'll tell you what, I, I had a lot of ideas about how I was going to start this program when I first sort of set up the yes that we're going to come in and help comment on here. I mean, there's plenty of topics <laughs> swirling around in the national political arena. arena. And I dutifully do attempt to plan for such topics ahead of time, but I'm going to give up because so much happens of political importance in just the span of a few days that preparation ahead of time seems futile. So in just the last few days, two explosive videos, actually three explosive videos have surfaced. The first is the street camera and body camera video of the arrest of Tyree Nichols in Memphis. It is unconscionable what happened to this actual unarmed black man by police. So many concerns and unanswered questions. The footage shows officers punching, kicking, and pepper spraying Nichols even after he is handcuffed. The attack happened on January 7th, which is what I find very interesting. This attack happened January 7th. Nichols died January 10th. Five officers are now charged with Nichols' murder and other crimes, but it was just on Friday that the public finally saw the video. It was just this week that we even had an idea that this had happened in Memphis. I think most of us were unaware of it until this became an issue, and that took well over two weeks from doing that. Understand this, George Floyd protests erupted across 140 cities almost immediately and continued for months. Why is this different? Ken Duncan, you're the Democrat on the panel. Uh, tell us, what do you, what do you see? Why, why did this video not surface until now? Why did the story, in fact, was essentially buried until now? And why is it we're not seeing the same sort of <coughs> uh, issues that George Floyd had when you see proof brutality in such a way leading to an unarmed man's death?
1: Yes, uh, first off, uh, thank you, uh, Jamie, for having me. I'm happy uh, to be a part of uh, anything that Bruce Montt uh, has um, <laughs> initiated. Uh, you know, I've been watching the show forever, quite honestly. Uh, yeah, a lot of, lot of interesting things in our respective country. It was really a, a, the latest rendition of what we thought was so passe and shocking time that it just b- just b- baffled the mind and and can be just sort of, it's superseded our common sense towards reform towards professional relationship with law enforcement um not a good license sense any shape uh, shape or form people are highly pissed off it was obviously uh, highly anticipated and so so unconscionable
0: yeah can you're cutting out a little bit here uh maybe we can work on your internet there but i'm going to turn to stephanie at this point i mean stephanie it does feel like this is being treated entirely different and is it because you had five black police officers attacking an unarmed black man You've got the police chief is a female black lady. You've got the mayor of Memphis being a Democrat, and it feels like this is getting treated a lot differently than the George Floyd incident. And yet, you do have people actually still saying that white supremacy was was in effect. Yeah, I mean, let let me. Well, I think I think the fact
2: is you're right. There isn't necessarily a another layer or another story that's that this you know that this this is going to propel into the progressive universe. And so I think um, for that extent, I mean, what we did see was pretty much, I think a pretty straightforward case of five not very well trained, not very well behaved. Certainly, I, I have got to believe they're not typical police officers doing something that's just humanly bad that doesn't necessarily play into a narrative or some other story. Um, What was interesting was the release of this video was definitely coordinated with um, groups around the country. We all we heard Friday night was er major cities all preparing for protests in each of major cities and somebody was obviously I, I mean, they were all very well similarly coordinated. So are we now in an era where there is a professional group of protesters out there ready, on the call, ready to protest and throw up the signs no matter what goes down?
0: Well, we, um, I mean, we just, at that yeah. T- okay, so, so really good point. I mean, we just had the Antifa riots that happened just two year two weeks ago. and. In Atlanta. in Atlanta. Now you've got this situation. Now these riots that have or these peaceful protests were actually largely peaceful. There were some scuffles yeah. in New York City. There was some, you know, smashing of police uh, police vehicles. But for the most part, we did not see what we saw in George Florida. I want to turn to Joe Morris. Joe, Joe uh, obviously there's there's people that uh, even Representative Maxwell Frost, himself a black Democrat from Florida, he tweeted that the murder of Tyree Nichols is anti-black, and the result of white supremacy. Now, he later deleted that tweet. Um, but, I mean, so, so what do you think is, is, is happening here? They, they, they can't say that it's white supremacy. And, uh, they, and the, you know, they're not breaking out in riots, but yet the pre- police brutality was pretty brutal.
3: Of course they can say oh, it's white supremacy. They can say anything they like. They lie. Uh, what, happened, <laughs> what happened here was, was straightforward government screw-up this is an abuse of government power why was this video released late on a Friday afternoon it was an abuse of government power to prevent people from seeing it because it embarrasses government why do people in federal office and high government office in Washington DC classify documents right and left and then forget that they've done it because they're not classifying them be for the most part because they're truly national secrets telling us when the troop ships are, are are sailing or or what the nuclear codes are they're, they're classifying documents because it contains embarrassing information that they just don't want out. Mm-hmm. And they want to hide it because they have power and they're able to abuse power. Okay, this is, this Joe. is a case of government abuse. The All beating right. was abuse. The, the late release of the video was government abuse.
0: Okay, and that ends our very first segment. We're moving into a break right here. We're going to pick up on this same topic following the break. And the question is going to be to you, Ken. Jason Whitlock, conservative black commentator, called the beating by police the result of black men's inability to treat each other humanely. We're going to talk about that.
4: At Jersey Mike's you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra. An exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings. a kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub
5: above. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. Matthew. Oh, oh, sorry.
6: It's okay. I just need you to listen to me.
7: I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me.
8: I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over
9: the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most.
7: Hey, want a drink?
9: No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad,
8: for talking and preparing me for what's ahead.
7: Thanks, Mom, for never giving up and always being my biggest fan.
8: Thank you for letting me know what you expect, so I can try to meet your expectations.
10: Thank you for talking.
11: For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov.
6: It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly, but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. Welcome
0: back. To Beyond the Beltway. This is Jeannie Ives sitting in for Bruce Dumont. Again, our lines are open at 1 800 723 8289. 1 800 723 8289. We left off discussing the Memphis police brutality at kill of an unarmed black man. And uh, Ken Duncan, I want you to respond to Jason Whitlock. Jason Whitlock, I don't know if you know him, he is a conservative black commentator. He called the beating uh, by police on Nichols uh, the result of young black men's inability to treat each other humanely. And he suggested that the chaos in the department was similar to what was seen in cities run by single mothers. Fathers not in the homes, single mothers not able to discipline. And he is essentially equating the same upbringing to the five black police officers with the upbringing possibly of Tyrae. Nichols. Now, I don't know that they were brought up by single black men, black women. But Jason Whitlock's making that supposition. He additionally goes on to deride the fact that the the Memphis police chief is herself a single black woman. What? What say you?
1: You know, I'm I'm very familiar with Jason. I was extremely surprised and shocked, and really. Saddened by that level of, of analysis, uh, it's a it's an, it's a cheesy attempt to sensational a very serious issue that a lot of us were at the healing state of, and here it is, you know, him poking under nonsense into this level of a, of of an incident is really in bad taste, quite frankly. That has absolutely nothing to do with with parenthood sworn officers who went through a training who's supposed to be professionals whether they were white or black in the and sense of what in terms of the expectation and i would argue because they were black officers they should have had even more intelligence and common sense and respect how it is to treat citizens knowing the history of police brutality in the black community and and it's just, you know, Jason would like to really pull that one out, quite frankly. So unnecessary. Uh, we need a time to really heal and to make sure that every police department is adhering to our oath of office and how it is, if they're going to be professionals, how they're going to serve and protect all citizens with due process, This one tongue abuse, like we're in some third world country where there are no laws that govern our behavior, et
12: cetera.
0: Uh, Joe, let's go to you. Mr. Morris, so you look at this incident, and, of course, uh, we have a lot more information simply because we have body cameras on the police officers these days. And that is actually becoming the rule more than the exception in nearly every single police department. I, a lot Most people have now come to terms with it. And they they actually believe that it, it, it fully reveals uh, both sides of a situation so that there's no ambiguity about what happened. Um, so body cameras were also, though, in place to possibly stop this type of abuse because the police couldn't get away with it anymore. What I mean, what say you on the use of the body camera footage and how relevant they, they are now in today's society? when you have incidences like this.
3: I say thank God for it. I, mm-hmm. the, 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 yeah. Lou, Supreme Court Justice 100 years ago, Louis Brandeis, said the, the best disinfectant is sunshine. Um, I agree with Ken Duncan. I, I don't think this has much at all, if anything, to do with anybody's race or anybody's sex. This is an abuse of government power. People abuse government power when they think they can get away with it, when they're when they're not trained, when they don't understand their jobs are. Nobody is more important in our society, probably at the end of the day, than police officers. A good police officer is a godsend. When you're in trouble, when you need help, when somebody's threatening you, when you're frightened, you want to be able to turn to the police, and that the police will be fair, they'll be just, they'll be trained, they'll be brave. They'll step into the middle of a horrible situation and, and, and bring peace. And, and most police officers do that. Thank God. They, we, they're heroes but nobody in society is worse than a bad police officer except maybe a bad prosecutor because those people mm-hmm. are imposing government power on the innocent they're, they're, they're turning government power into an instrumentality of harm and hurt whether it has anything to do with race or not it usually doesn't it has to do with abusing power and the, and the great thing that body cams and sunshine do is they expose abuses of government power um, we're, we're going to get to that other topic of, of classification of documents and so on. Yes, it's important to protect national security information, mm-hmm. but all lot of the time, people are classifying documents because they want to—they want to prevent themselves from being embarrassed. They've done said stupid things. They don't want people to know it. That's that's a simple, That's a, a different side of the same coin.
0: Okay, so let's let's move on here a little bit. We so we've got this situation now where. Uh, there was immediate and swift action taken towards the five police officers. They were immediately fired. They were immediately charged with murder and other crimes. Uh, They're taking definitive actions against these rogue police officers who absolutely abused their power in that situation. Are we at a tipping point? Can we get back to not having to peacefully protest every single situation? Are we at that tipping point in our country? Have we realized that we need policing? And, in fact, we need more policing, especially as we have uh, literally decades-high crime that's accelerating. And maybe murders down in Chicago, for example. But, um, but you know, carjacking is not. It is rising still. Stephanie, uh, do you think yeah. that the country is done? Are we over this? Have we had a cathartic? Well, uh, it's, it's interesting because lesson. you referenced the
2: Atlanta protests. And what's the irony of the Atlanta protests, which were, you know, I think on par a lot more violent than what we saw in reaction to Memphis, and that is um, they were protesting a police training center, which is exactly (laughs) what we want, which is exactly what we need, which is where we should be putting our money. And But on the other hand, and so, you know, there is we are at a tipping point I do think that we're starting to get a little oversaturated especially when the reason for these protests don't seem as alarming as as we've been told but then the I think I want to roll back a little bit um, mm-hmm. about Jason Whitlock and I'm, I'm not gonna defend his comment against uh, single black mothers but I but I am going to suggest that he is reaching a frustration of we are seeing um and we've seen this for a while epidemics of young men that are are violent like we there there is a crisis in our communities um because we we continue to see over and over um young men who um who are either defying and fighting the police, for good reason or not, we're not sure. And then, but we're also seeing the violence, and you know, our most of the violence is young men on young men, and many of it black on black. And what I sensed from Jason Whitlock is this just a unbelievable frustration with, why can't we get a handle on this? Why are we always fighting this? Um, and I would be interested if Ken felt that, that there, Maybe he was expressing some of that frustration. Maybe it came out as an attack, but we're, we're, we see this story over and over and over.
0: Ken, the statistics don't lie. It's absolutely true. The black-on-black crime is some of the most uh, relevant crime that's out there. They, by far, are, uh, you know, murdering each other more so than than whites. So tell us how, Tell us. <coughs> give us your opinion about that. I mean, we continue to put... Uh, millions of dollars yeah. in violence t- pre- prevention programs. How do we solve this?
1: Sure. Well, now that's, I will say this: that, that question should go to to white America um, because white America has put circumstances in, in 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 our community where we're isolated. We're isolated where we live, where the economic activity is. Some of the schools quality communities. Uh, when you isolate a people by legislation. Post slavery, you have laws in place that say blacks can't go to these schools, can't go to these bathrooms, or we're going to have it now since a lot of that is has subsided and things to change. We'll have an unequitable distribution of public resources and investment. Um, okay, and so yeah. that creates a culture that creates subcultures that coming into a life of its own. And it's true, black on black crime is an issue. White on white crime, because our communities are in segregated scenarios for the most part. We don't like to think that, but when you look at the gap between between black and white, there's a stark distinction. And so we are still dealing with economic and racial issues in our society, although when you look at the schools, you know the major universities. When you look at the quality of investment, when you look at
0: okay, who you bank with, Ken, I'm going to have to stop you there. We've capital,
1: got etc.
0: We've got a minute ba- left um, at, before the next break, and after the next break, we're going to move on to another topic. But I just want to close it out with this. I mean, here's the, here's the real truth, though. Uh, Chicago spends upwards of thirty thousand dollars per student in its majority minority school system to educate kids. And yet, 30% of the kids read or do math at grade level. It's even worse in some specific schools. There is an inordinate amount of money that is being fed into the school system. It's, it's not the schools. There's something else going on here. And it is the culture, and I'm, I'm, I'm I truly believe that. I'd like to, you know, explore this a little bit more. But we are going to move on to another topic following this break. We're going to get to the next video. That came out, Paul Pelosi's video. Let's talk about that one after the break. Thanks for joining us on Beyond the Beltway tonight. It's one eight hundred seven two three eight two eight nine. We'd enjoy your questions from the audience.
5: Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu.
11: they need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids and guide them through the challenges of growing up safe and healthy. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov.
6: So talk, you? you can do it if you try.
4: A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.
0: Welcome back to Beyond the Beltway. It's Jeannie Ives sitting in for Bruce Dumont. The number here is 1-800-723-8289. I'm going to take a minute here and let each one of our guests introduce themselves. Let's start with Stephanie Hitt. I'm a a Republican
2: strategist who actually spent part of this year running a campaign for a friend of mine uh, for U.S. Senate in Illinois. I liken that to taking a food critic and sticking them in the kitchen of a very busy restaurant. And that's pretty much the big difference between the two. But um, there's a lot to learn about what's going on in the Republican Party these days and how much the world is changing and how much politics is changing in well, the parties
0: well stephanie you have recently uh moved to virginia where you now reside do you see a big difference in the political uh of, of just campaigns between virginia and illinois
2: a little bit uh there are definitely some
0: organizational
2: differences um, I do believe, you know, the states are very similar in that you have a big blue tail wagging a red dog in the rest of the state. But in this case, there were some organizational differences that propelled Republicans to not to take over not just the governorship, but the AG's office, as well as the state legislature. So um, it's certainly an interesting blueprint. Mm-hmm. It's also a state that is not going to turn completely red like Florida has. I think it's going
0: to be a model that shows us that we're going to be teetering on this purple world for a while. All right, great. Ken Duncan, welcome. Thank you for being a guest on the program. Could you introduce yourself to our audience?
1: Yes, I am. Ken Duncan, former state representative for 15 years. Uh, I ran as a Democrat, more of an independent uh, and, and a policy over people or politics type of individual I know that uh, good competition makes a positive state uh, an honest state government a local government federal government uh, because there's there's robust discussion and debate um Paul's election in Illinois here obviously was something that most of us had anticipated or expected it is it was a a lackluster gubernatorial round because Uh, It was so skewed in a particular direction, um, unfortunately, that we didn't get uh, real accountability, Uh, I think, at that race. I would would have wanted to see a a bit more intense debate, discussion on substantive issues. It was sort of a a faded comb as relates to uh, the Republican challenge. And I would say Republicans in this state have to, get their act together, and know how to win some of these seats. It helps us govern better when there's fierce competition and the voices of other folks. As well.
0: Okay, so Ken and I served together in the state legislature in Illinois, and I have a little story to tell about him. I'm going to take a minute here. So Ken, <laughs> he, he ah. Ken, look, I you, you mean, you about as you were when I first met you, about as Democrat as they got. However, super friendly, easy to get along with, and have a conversation which, with, which I appreciated. You did, though, when uh, we we had a change in the Republican governor. And things started to get heated with Mike Madigan, who is now under criminal indictment, by the way, for fraud and, and, and everything else. Um, you had a difference of an opinion with him.
1: Or well, you we all knew that he was a part of.
0: Yes. Well, you had a difference of an opinion of him <laughs> this is the and, t- of the and he took it out on you. He took he basically because you wouldn't play ball with, with Mr. Madigan, who is the longest serving speaker of the house in the entire country, by the way, very powerful political figure for for years served 50 years in the State House. Uh, Ken, you took him on, yes. you wouldn't play footsie with him, and so what did a sitting president do? For I think probably the first time in political history, Barack Obama came uh-huh. in and in a primary challenge, he cut a commercial against you and for Mike Madigan's anointed state representative to run against you. Now that is right. something amazing.
1: Yeah, it is. You know, it was, it was the most, it was the biggest political attempt I've ever seen, certainly for a sitting president of the free world to get involved in a local state representative race. Yep. Super petty. Yep. That was because those was legislative, if you remember, that Madigan sponsored, he was a chief sponsor of a $100 million for the Obama Center.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. So, <laughs> for him to be... I just think that that's a very interesting story, and I want to remind our listeners of some of the politics that go on behind the scenes that they may not have heard about. Again, one eight hundred seven two three eight two eight nine. 723 8289 Joe Morris, welcome. Thank you. You've been a longtime commentator on this program. And if you could just introduce yourself more to the audience.
3: Well, I'm a longtime everything because I'm, <laughs> I'm a has-been. I- over the years, <laughs> over the years, I've, I've, uh, I've, I've been a practicing politician. I ran for public office in Chicago. I ran for president of the Cook County Board. Got half a million votes, but still lost. Uh, I served President Reagan in a variety of positions for all eight years of Mr. Reagan's administration. I've advised campaigns. I, I've headed public policy institutes. I'm the chairman of the board of a major national think tank today, the, Heart- the Heartland Institute, which is headquartered here in the Chicago area. I'm originally from Indiana. I've spent a lot of time practicing law in Chicago. Uh, and elsewhere around the country, I spent a lot of time in Washington. I'm currently helping a friend of mine who's running for the United States Senate, the Republican nomination for the United States Senate, in Virginia. I'm a huge admirer of Stephanie hit because she, as she manages to combine principle with the practice of pragmatic politics, she's absolutely right that we're living in a in an age of purple politics. And I'm a huge admirer of Ken Duncan, whom I've known for years, uh, be, because he, he he accepts the reality of the purple purple politics and understands that in a democratic society, as long as we're we're dealing in a purple haze, so to speak, and the the people, not just the people's representatives, but the, but the people can't kind of decide where they are sometimes on on major issues, then in a free society, people in public office have to achieve compromises with each other. And Ken Duncan tried to do that as a Democrat in, in, in Illinois and was called out. I think I, there's, there's more to your story, okay. I'm Gene. I'm going to tell a, a little tale on the dog of that story, which is Mr. Obama, as President of the United States, came to the Illinois General Assembly and delivered an address to a joint session. I was sitting there. With, with Ken Duncan yeah. sitting, sitting down the aisle from you. And, and Mr. Obama made some ritual statement that it turns out he did not believe, in which he was praising people in their ability to work across the aisle and achieve compromise, open debate, conversations, discussion, the kind of thing that Americans do with each other without regard to their, pol- their, their political parties or other alignments. You talk. You talk things out. You hash things out. You educate yep. each other. Mr. Obama said something like that. he It was uh, yep. uh, a, 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 a just air, hot air. But Ken Duncan took him seriously, stood up and cheered. When Mr. Obama said that, because this is this is what Ken Duncan yes. was trying to do in Springfield, Illinois. And Mr. Obama stared right. at Ken Duncan and said, and I quote, sit down, Duncan, we'll talk later. Well, I don't think they ever talk later. Instead, Mr. Obama tried to take Ken Duncan out. I really respect Ken Duncan for standing up right. for the most powerful man in the free world on, a, on grounds of principle that you, Stephanie Hitt, and I, and any commonsensical American would agree with him on.
0: Absolutely. Right. I mean, but. Oh, Go ahead, Ken. Go ahead. You know, Barack Obama. You know,
1: he was he was he was a manipulator. Uh, He was pomp and circumstance, phony as 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 a baloney, and uh, really really um, surprised us with him not being uh, as authentic as he articulated or at least presented himself to be. Justice uh, just as person, just as Chicago politician, as they come, and it showed certainly not only in my race and in some of the other. Uh, again, the you know this image of question mm-hmm. whereas anyway, I can go on and on, but um, Ken, on, here,
0: you I heard, uh, look, you, you, uh, you heard it here, <laughs> you heard it here tonight. on beyond the Beltway. Ken Duncan called President Obama a phony. I love it. I think that's, you know, (laughs) earth shattering actually to maybe some of our listeners. Yes. Well, I mean, there's there's a lot to discuss here, everything from his phony Obama center that's costing Illinois state taxpayers millions of dollars and is really not a presidential center, but it's more of a political um, um, grassroots activist center for him. Uh, So it's very interesting. We're going to get into Obama because we're going to get into Joe Biden's classified documents. But before we do that, on the on the on the tone of bipartisanship. On the tone of like looking at the other side with honest eyes, I got to say, we've only got like a minute and a half yet left, which is about all we need to discuss this. But the Paul Pelosi tape came out, and it's astounding to me that it took three months for this tape to come forward because what it reveals is really that Paul Pelosi was literally being held hostage by a man with a hammer who was holding him back, and he was trying to play it cool so as not to actually have violence done against him prior to the police getting there. And when you look at this video, it should have been released a long time ago because there was loads of off-color speculation going on about what was happening between Paul Pelosi and his attacker. And this video would have cleared all of that up in an instant. It was very obvious. Right way. From the 911 call to the tape itself of the police entering that Paul Pagliosi was simply trying to play it cool in time for him, somebody to come to his rescue. Stephanie, would you agree with that assessment? I would completely agree. I feel like all the conspiracy theories were kind of resolved.
2: I mean, it put him to sleep. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the video showed two other things, though. And these are questions we need to ask is, one, the homeless situation. You know, how is someone allowed to you know, roam the streets like this? And two, where was, the, where was his security? Capitol Police. I mean, especially given how dangerous the homeless situation in San Francisco is. I feel like that's what, those are bigger mm-hmm. questions that the, um, the uh, tape sort of reveals. But when it comes to the conspiracy theories and what was he doing and, you know, who was this guy? And yeah. and even the theories about, oh, this is a right winger, doing all of that, all of that was put to rest.
0: Yep. Okay. Um, all right, Stephanie, we are closing out this segment. We will be back with you shortly. one 800 for your phone calls.
5: Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than one million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at PurdueGlobal.edu. That's PurdueGlobal.edu. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice.
4: Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings. The kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure,
10: um, we'll probably stay together.
13: Probably. Ready to go?
10: Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive?
13: Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably
4: okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA
11: and the Ad Council.
6: I'll be here to hear what's on your mind.
11: Kids wanna share what's going on in their lives with the adults around them parents, grandparents, teachers, coaches, and more. They want to know you're listening, and they want to listen to you. They want your input and guidance, early and often, on all kinds of topics. When it comes to a serious subject like underage drinking, they want to know your expectations, as well as how and why, as a young person, they should avoid alcohol. How you talk about it will change as your child grows, but the important thing is to talk about it. Not just once for an hour when you think the time is right, but in 60 one-minute conversations and more that are part of your everyday talks. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov.
0: OK, welcome back. It's Beyond the Beltway, sitting in for Bruce Dumont. I'm Jeannie Ives. Listen, uh, as we close out this last hour, I just wanted to get to one more video that hit the airwaves on Friday, and that was the Project Veritas. They showed a video of a Pfizer executive explaining that his company is manipulating the COVID virus and exploring ways to mutate that virus so that they can concoct more vaccines for profit. That's essentially what came out in this alarming video. And then, um uh, mm-hmm. uh, what's even more alarming about the video is after you've watched sort of Project Veritas's video, it's it's him talking to another man who he's very comfortable with, and he's explaining how they're, uh, he basically says one of the things we're exploring is like, why don't we just mutate it, meaning COVID ourselves, so that we could create preemptively and develop new vaccines, right? That's what he actually says on tape. So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, there's a risk of like, as you can imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating. Effing viruses. I mean, that's all on the tape. It's extremely alarming. Yeah. He, uh, he goes on to say, um, don't tell anyone, promise you won't tell anyone to the Project Veritas, obviously, um, you know, undercover uh, agent. The way it would work is that we would put the virus in monkeys and we, we successfully cause them to keep infecting each other and we collect serial samples from there. Uh, you have to be very controlled to make sure that this virus that you mutate doesn't create something that just goes everywhere. So it looks like they're they're absolutely mutating it. Bottom line is, um, uh, th- th- when he was presented with the video by Project Veritas, um, th- th- the guy exploded. He exploded in, in a public way in a, in a restaurant, got very upset, got physical, called for the police when the police should have been called on him because he was getting physical. In the end of the day, here here's what happened. Uh, Pfizer lawyers um, try they try to wordsmith a statement so that they don't quite deny what was said. They they have plausible deniability about what's going on, but they keep they don't also get accused of lying later on. And Dr. Robert Malone, who is actually one of the founders of the mRNA um, technology, he said in a tweet, Pfizer lawyers did not throw their director of R&D operations and scientific planning under the bus. He said, two, there is no denial of what he said. Pfizer's not denying what he said when you read the statement that came from Pfizer. Three, there's no denial that he is a Pfizer staff. So they're not denying that he works for them. And four, swapping new spike sequences into original wuhan one is technically gain of function research the pfizer officials try to deny that that is what they are doing i find this alarming because i find the fact that we're still dealing with dishonesty when it comes to covid is a problem we've been lied to i mean how much longer are we going to put up with this sorry no amnesty no forgiveness for people that have continued to lie to us and manipulate this virus for profit against American taxpayers and Americans, period. Joe, I mean, tell us your opinion.
3: Well, so many things going on here. First mm-hmm. of all, let me begin by praising Project Veritas. Sometimes they're controversial. I think they're being quite responsible. Uh, they, in, in this, as in other cases, they, they, they go to sources of information who are reluctant to tell the truth about things. They coax, they coax them into telling the truth about what they do, and they put it out there for people to see and deal with. They don't lie. It's the truth. It's some, At least at some angle on the truth, maybe it requires deeper investigation and explanation, and that's good. It That should follow. Uh, second, a responsible thing they did here, I, we've criticized these other videos for being released uh, late in the day on Friday because people kind of try to want to bury them for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I, I think Project Veritas was wise releasing this late in the day because they didn't want to be accused of trying to, 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 to affect stock prices. Pfizer is an important corporation, uh, trades on the New York Stock Exchange, influences uh... the dow jones industrial average and so on and so forth mm-hmm. you release this after the market is closed for the week so 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 the market has an opportunity to digest this information and and nobody can say that somebody's trying to make a quick killing on the stock market That when, when you're going to when you're going to have an economic impact as you pointed out over the the uh, you know with with abrupt changes in stock prices that, that's actually a responsible thing to do now stepping back the big picture here is we don't want to rush to judgment on anything right uh... F- for example we want to encourage corporations to cooperate patriotically with the government when the government with its president trump or president biden says we have a crisis we need emergency work to create vaccines mm-hmm. please help us uh... we want we want scientists and business people and entrepreneurs to feel free to find new cures for diseases and so forth and not be not be criticized the, the, because they're being imaginative and creative in what they're doing but at the end of the day we want the truth out there we don't want cover-ups whether it's what the pharmaceutical firms are doing or what the governments are doing. Lurking behind this is the fact that we, we, the American people, now coming up on three years of continuous emergency declarations and cover-ups from the federal government, from the state governments, here in Illinois, just January 6th, our, our, our governor in Illinois, uh, yet another emergency proclamation. Seizing, seizing power <laughs> yep, uh, yep. Uh, for reasons that are not clear to the rest of us. What, what did the CDC know and when did it know it? What was their relationship with the Wuhan la- laboratory? What was the responsibility of the Chinese government here? What, what, what did our government know or not know? What, what was, information was withheld from President Trump, from President Biden, uh, and, and so on and so forth? We yeah. need to get to the bottom of that. The new House of Representatives is setting up a, a, a select committee to investigate all of these issues. They're staffing that up right now. It's about time. They need yes. a free hand from top to bottom, from what happened in Wuhan all the way down to what's happening in the pharmaceutical firms today. The American people need to know what is the truth. It's as simple as that.
0: Well, and we, you know, you're absolutely right. And the polling says so. Rasmussen had a poll 50, out recently. 57% of likely U.S. voters believe Congress should investigate how the CDC dealt with issues of COVID-19 vaccine safety. Now, that's just the safety aspect. Yeah. There was billions of dollars blown uh, I mean, the, you're looking at literally hundreds of billions of dollars in unemployment fraud that have been loaned. Nobody has settled this out. We still have passed. You know, when they passed that 1.9 trillion dollar second ARPA American Relief and Recovery Program, the thing that they just passed in Biden's first year. I mean, all that money has not yet been spent. A lot of that went to nebulous things like green energy projects and not really about recovering from COVID. You still have massive problems in our school systems with children. Listen, we have got to get to the bottom of this and then we got to move on. But we cannot move on unless we have settled this out and have a full study of it. Thank you for joining me Beyond the Bellway. That concludes our first hour. Right. We will be back with you. We will be back with you in our second hour. Ken, will pick up it up then. And we're going to be talking about Document Gate. Or if you're a caller, give me your best, give me your best idea for how to, how to, how to term this. Is it Document Gate? Is it Garage Gate? We had Watergate. We had Fast and Furious. Give us your ideas on how should we call this entire classified document problem. One 8289
5: Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than one million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu.
13: Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today.
4: At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, a kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's be a sub above
6: I think it's just vapor
4: vaping is safer than smoking isn't
6: it there's really not even that much nicotine in them right
10: one vape pod has as much nicotine as one pack of cigarettes
6: my kid my kid, my kid. My kid. knows it's dangerous
10: 5.4 million American kids vape and most think it's harmless Get your head out of the cloud. Talk to your kid about vaping. Visit talkaboutvaping.org. That's talkaboutvaping.org. Brought to you by the American Lung Association and the
12: Ad Council. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man. brought to you by the ad council and it's pre-diabetes awareness partners
0: welcome back to the second hour of beyond the beltway this is Jeannie. i've sitting in for bruce dumont tonight with me in the studio is joe morris joe morris is a <laughs> Wow, he is exactly the guy we should be talking to about this next topic and that is of course, I don't know what to call it, Joe. I'm kind of kind of confused here. I mean, no good government investigation or cover-up is without a good code name. Watergate, Fast and Furious, Iran Gate. Some are suggesting Garagegate for the Biden classified document debacle. Uh we're we're taking your suggestions 1-800-723-8289. Yorg from Brooklyn is on the phone about this, but Yorg, I want you to hold on just for a minute because I want some opening comments from Joe. Joe, you served as an assistant US attorney under Ronald Reagan. You know what should happen with classified documents. You also know how investigations should operate. Could you just give us kind of your overview about what you see in, in this situation? I mean, now you've got Pence coming up with classified documents, at least he came clean on it. Should we be going back through every single living president and vice presidential uh, elected official and find out what's what if they've got classified documents hidden?
3: Well, if you did go back through every president, every vice president, and for that matter, every senior appointed official cabinet or sub cabinet uh, rank uh, of any of the last uh, 10 administrations, you'd find that that their homes, their offices, their their garages, their their storage facilities are rife. <laughs> Uh, with uh, with classified documents, why do they take them? Sometimes they take them because they don't know they have them. I, and I, you know, when when administration hands somebody packs up your boxes, packs up stuff in your office You have multiple offices if you're a high high official. Packs them up and sends them off to your home or wherever you tell them to send them. And you don't know what's in there. Some people take them because they want the, to want use them to write their memoirs. Some people take them because they want to protect uh, themselves. They need to you know prod their memories about events. Uh, or, or something of that kind. Some, some people take them because they just don't know how significant they are. Some people take them because they're not significant because as I said earlier in, in the first hour mm-hmm. uh, there's an awful lot of inflation that goes on in, in the characterization of the national security significance of stuff. It makes you feel important to be able to put a confidential or a secret or a top-secret label on something that you're working on. Very often it's, it's self-flattery that leads you to, to, you know, this is what I'm doing today is really important uh, you may be writing minutes of a conversation you had with a, a diplomat from another government. The odd thing is, that the diplomat from the other government was in on that conversation, so his government already knows, you know, what the, what the conversation was. So, wh- whom are you protecting? Whom are you hiding it from? Well, you're hiding it from the media. You're hiding it from the American people. Um, so
0: that's a good point. Is this is is the classification system really uh, essentially there to protect the officials? From having to uh, having it be foilable or or anything like that is that is well, that, that more
3: but, what it's I mean that's not why it was created of no, course no of course not it, w- it was created because there are some things that legitimately need to be protected strategies Absolutely. need to be protected when the when the troop ship is going to sail you need to protect that what 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 are the codes for launching nuclear weapons or this or that of course that that needs to be protected and that's a tiny tiny fragment of the stuff in the course of a of a working day that gets that gets classified. Um, and the, the, all classification authority flows from the President of the United States. It's the President who has the authority, and he delegates, he delegates that authority to classify and declassify mm-hmm. down the ranks of the executive branch. There are three agencies that have principal responsibility for establishing the ground rules and coordinating the, this process. that's the Office of Personnel Management, the General Services Administration, and the National Archives. And they, they have a hard time coordinating with each other on what the ground rules are supposed to be. Um, and 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 um, the next phase of this, of course, is the politicization of these controversies. Sure.
10: And sure. of course,
3: what 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 ha- what happened here was th- 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 somebody saw an opportunity to try one more attempt to smack down the Trump monster. Um, here, here, apparently, it, t- it turns out, Ms. Mr. Trump, for good reasons or ill reasons. Um, Maybe not fully understanding exactly what he was doing, with the ground rules for which he was responsible, right up until the moment he stopped being president. But once he was no longer president, had no no longer any control over um, what was was trying to do. People saw this as an opportunity to put Mr. Trump behind the eight ball, embarrass him, uh, defuse his political potential for 2024. You know, one more try um, at uh, at that, and then it turns, <laughs> and then it turns out. The, the, there's a metastasis, a metastasizing of it. Joe Biden's been doing the same thing. Vice President Pence has been doing the same, well, intentionally going l- let's,
0: let's hold off to the, on the politics, because I, I want to go into that a little bit more in depth. But, I mean, from the, a, a practical standpoint, I, I don't think that you're incorrect. I think you're absolutely, ab- absolutely correct. I think that these classified documents, I mean, and, and so you've got the senators out there. You've got Senator Mike Lee out there talking about it. You've got Ted Cruz out there talking about it. You know, you've got the Democrat senators, Mark Warner out there talking about, look, we only look at these classified documents when we're in a skiff, yeah,
3: you well, know, and, 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 and that
0: may be true of them, but it is not true of everyone.
3: That's the game that the executive branch plays with, with uh, uh, people in the other branches of government, and people okay. who are outside of government. Uh, we we will let you senator. We will let you contractor. We will let you citizen for whatever reason have a look at some very important, very sensitive document. And it may be you may be looking at something that is truly sensitive. Mm-hmm. If you're a United States senator, you may sure. be looking at a national evaluation, what's called a national estimate of 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 something. What what are the capabilities of the Iranian government producing nuclear weapons? We need to know that. Uh, we we have many important sources of intelligence. I mean, let, let's talk about that. For the, you, let, let's use that as a hypothetical. How close is the government of Iran to developing a deliverable nuclear weapon? That's a crazy government. If they have that power, uh, there's every danger that they would use it, either directly or or through some some form of subterfuge, against their enemies. We're the main Satan. Illinois, uh, Israel, sorry, is the junior Satan. That's a dangerous country. We need to know what their capabilities are. We spend a lot of time, attention, treasure, and, and human ingenuity uh, to find out what the Iranians are doing through human intelligence, technical intelligence—that is, eavesdropping and 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 paying attention to mm-hmm. signals and so forth—we use satellite imagery, all kinds of things to find out what the Ira- Iranian government is trying to do in, in terms of building a nuclear weapon. P- reports are prepared on that to inform the president, the secretary of defense, the secretary of energy, who's got some job and you know uh, some role in in defense against uh, uh, nuclear proliferation. We want diplomats of other countries, allied countries, to know. We want people in, in, the, in the military to know about it. We want people in Congress to know about it. These reports are disseminated to them, and they need to be protected, because the bad okay. guys know what we know. They may know how we know it, right? And they can choke off our sources of intelligence. We don't want that to happen. That stuff genuinely needs to be protected. Uh, but, but, but that's a tiny, tiny slice of the, of the, of the kind of things on a workaday day basis yeah. that get classified. And things All get right. classified, as I've said before, f- for many reasons. Some is mere puffery and self flattery, <laughs> and and much of it is simply because I'm doing stupid things, I'm making mistakes, and I don't want anybody to know it. So how do I keep people from knowing it? I slap a classification on it.
0: All right, hey, Jorg, I want you to hold on. We did. We're, the, we're you're you are going to be first in when we come back from this break. Uh, you've got a great name, hopefully, for Document Gate. Uh, Because, of course, every great scandal needs to have a great code name, and we're looking for your, you know, your suggestions on this, 1-800-723-8289. We'll be right back with you after this break. Thank you so much to Joe Morris for explaining exactly some of the background on the classification issues. And then we'll also get to our other two guests, Stephanie Hitt and Ken Duncan, who are with us as well on the program in this second hour.
13: Call or go to
5: statefarm.com for a quote today. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for Working Adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelors. See how close you are to finishing your degree at PurdueGlobal.edu. That's PurdueGlobal.edu. Matthew.
6: Uh, oh,
7: sorry. It's
0: okay. I just need you to listen to me.
7: I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you, and what you say really does matter to me.
8: I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care. All
9: the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most.
7: Hey, want a drink?
9: No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead.
7: Thanks, Mom, for never giving up and always being my biggest fan.
8: Thank you for letting me know what you expect, so I can try to meet your expectations. Thank
10: you for talking.
11: For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov.
6: It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly, but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org.
0: Welcome back to the Beltway. We are going straight to the phones. We have Jorge on the phone. Jorge, welcome to the program. Oh, we're connecting with him. Did right be called? Hi.
12: Did you hear that?
0: I missed it. Can you uh, say again, Jorge?
12: Yeah, I'll, I'll say it again. Paper gate, as in paper, P-A-P-E-R, gate, paper gate, G, because okay. what it involves is paper how do you like that? Uh,
0: I think it's real simple and clear. Papergate. And it pretty much covers yeah. everybody, right? From It yeah. covers uh, Trump, covers Pence, covers Biden. Papergate. Should they all be lumped into the yeah. same? Or do you think that they should have their own sort of code name for the scandals going on with the classified documents? Should we just lump it all Are together? Are you asking me?
12: Are you asking my opinion? Yes, I am. Well, my opinion is simply this, Gene. I should be president. I'm so brilliant. Okay. That's all I have to say. Thank you. All right.
0: Thank you for joining us from Brooklyn, all right. New York. You're- we appreciate that. Okay, so we're taking your suggestions on how do we classify this, uh, Stephanie? Why don't, why don't you weigh in here? Uh, do you have a special name for this entire fiasco about classified documents? I, I personally think that it, to me it's pretty straightforward. I, I do believe, as Joe has suggested, that you had staffers literally, you know, clean up desks at the end of an administration and. Things got put into boxes and those boxes got placed somewhere. It it doesn't excuse it. I'm not making excuses. I'm just trying to explain it. I think in Trump's situation, though, I think it's completely different. I think he knew he wanted documents. He knew that he had been under attack for years. He knew he wanted to he knew he was going to openly declassify anything related with Russian collusion so that he wanted Mm -hmm. the public to know that he felt he felt comfortable, I imagine, taking documents of that sort to his home as he had declassified them. And he knew he may need them in the future. Well, you know, it's funny when I when I when I talk about this with other people, I call it I call it docudrama.
2: Docudrama. But, um, I like
0: that. Ooh, I like that docudrama. docudrama. Yeah. Good
2: and um, but, you know, here's the thing. I mean there are some significant differences between what happened with with Trump and Biden and 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 so on but um, but you know it what's interesting is one is one was purposeful and one so they claim is inadvertent in Biden's case um, which I don't know if that excuses or anything and I agree you know, real classified information we need to treat well and we need to take it seriously. Any normal person who would be caught with this kind of information would be punished. But it, it really I, I have a really hard time believing after all of this that the Justice Department can take any action against Donald Trump on this issue. They Sort of what Joe was hinting at before, they thought they had something. This was gonna embarrass the president. They finally had something they could sort of tie around his neck. And now I, I even if there are differences, I don't know how they could sell publicly. Um, different special counsels could come up with different results against these men. Okay. Um, and right. I think that's can what I chime in
0: Yeah, Ken, Ken, I wanted yeah. to bring you into the conversation because this is now becoming more of a problem for the Democrats and right? their president than it the Republicans and their former president. So what's your spin on this whole docudrama as Stephanie coined it? Yeah.
1: Well, I think Stephanie indicated it very well. Uh, And it makes sense to, uh, you know, a a selfish staffer or uh, a president trying to really go through this. The, The beauty of this is if Pence has it, Biden had it, has it, that simply means that president barack obama has to have some as well i mean Mm -hmm. he's building the center very aggressively and very openly that means he has it as well i wouldn't put anything either administration democrats as well see democrats try to come off with this self-righteous holier than thou we know what's good for every single person and it's a bunch of hogwash barack obama has the same damn documentation there as well it's coming down the pipe. You heard it here first on,
0: well, on the beltway. Uh, listen, uh, President Obama was an Illinoisan. He, he, you know, he he assumed the presidency from Illinois. He was a state senator in Illinois. He is an Illinoisan. I mean, even though he lives in Martha's Vineyard, and he's got a place in Washington D.C., and Thank nobody you. ever sees him back in the town a- anymore. The truth is, though, his documents are sitting in Schaumburg, which is you know a, 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 a city in the in the western suburbs here. In, in, you know, in a uh, you know a um, uh, an empty uh, furniture store warehouse, and nobody knows what's in those. Nobody has done anything in, since he's been out of office to classify them, to look into them, to even microfish them or whatever they do now. They I guess digitize, digitize. them um, and <laughs> yeah. microfish. I'm really dating myself, but I mean, so <laughs> who knows what's in his documents? Uh-huh. You raise a good point. Yeah. Does anybody sitting here believe there's not a single classified document in that warehouse?
1: Exactly. I mean, keep in mind, Barack Obama is Donna' perception of the perfect politician, the perfect Democrat, everything, holier-than-thou, phony. I have a, however many nickels that I have, that he has classified documentation as well.
0: Okay, uh, we're going to go to another phone call. We've got Tom from Carbondale. Uh, no, I guess he is no longer on the line. Joe, uh, give us a little bit of response to that. Uh, what do you think? Is, is President Obama, is he likely got classified documents somewhere in that warehouse as well? Uh,
3: I'm, I'm confident he does. I'm sure Mrs. Clinton has them. I'm sure that every...
0: No, no, no. Mrs. Clinton, she destroyed all of the classified documents, right?
3: You believe that? <laughs> um <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure that every senior uh, official, uh, knowingly or unknowingly, somewhere in some storage bin has classified documents, because I know from the inside of government, seeing it from the inside, at pretty senior levels, how fast and loose people play with it, how 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 shockingly indifferent people in government are to matters of genuine as as well as national security significance as well as things that they know pretty darn well, don't have much national security significance at all, and they get sloppy. Um, And listen, I'll tell you and I'll tell our our listeners a a true horror story. Okay. Um, This this is whatever national security information Mr. Trump, Mr. Biden, or Mr. Pence, or any of the others may have, pales in comparison with the digitized records that the Chinese government already stole from the United Mm -hmm. States. The Office of Personnel Management is the least known national security agency in the United States. It used to be called the Civil Service Commission. It's no longer a multi-member commission. It's now a single member, single director agency, reports directly to the President of the United States. It manages the entire federal workforce and among its responsibilities is providing retirement benefits, life insurance and health insurance for every Mm -hmm. non-military, non-uniform federal employee That includes all civilians, all diplomats, all espionage, intelligence officers, all members of the judicial branch, all members of Congress and congressional staffs. So the Office of Personnel Management, which is responsible, among other things, for maintaining the security clearance, suitability Mm -hmm. system, setting investigative standards in the whole nine yards on a government-wide basis, also keeps records, the health records, the insurance records, the retirement records, of pretty much every non-military federal employee in current service and in past service for say the last thirty years by the Obama years by the by the the, the middle of the nineteen uh, the the uh, end of the two thousands and the early two thousand tens all those records had been digitized prior to that they were they were manual records you and if you wanted to steal them you had to go into a cave in Boyers Pennsylvania way out in the boondocks uh, where if you, you drove out there your car would be suspicious You'd have to get you know, you'd have to get through six or seven gates and doors and so forth to get to a locked file cabinet to begin having access to to all this very sensitive information. And, and how sensitive is it? How sensitive are the health records of a member of Congress? How sensitive are the health records of a justice of the United States Supreme Court? How sensitive are the health records of members of the intelligence community? How sensitive are the records that say there's somebody in, 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 in I'm making up the name of a country, Ruritania. Say there's a cabinet official, the minister of the police in Ruritania, everybody thinks he's a Ruritanian politician, but you know what? He works for the United States government. He's providing in- information to the United States government about the deals that the Ruritanians are doing with the Iranians and the Chinese. And in part of his de- the deal he cut with the American intelligence services is, in the event he gets caught, his family gets a life insurance policy. And in, in the event he's almost caught and he has to flee, somewhere he's got a bank account where there's some money set aside for him if he has to remake his life in the witness protection program in the united states the the office of personnel management somewhere down in the bowels of the building knows his existence knows his identity because they've got a life insurance policy on him and a retirement plan for him in case he needs it during the obama administration these records were digitized and they were not protected digitally and the government of the people's republic of china hacked into the digital record system of the Office of Personnel Management. And you know what? They got them all. The, the fingerprints are clear. They got them all. They have all the retirement, well, all, the retirement all the health, all records, of the health records, records of the entire, of the entire U.S. US f- um, workforce, workforce, federal workforce, federal workforce, including judicial, including judicial and, legislative and, legislative and legislative personnel as of the mid-2000s. Of the now think of the loss of that, that information. The the, the stuff that's, that's sitting in Donald Trump's garage or his, his den or Joe Biden's sports car pales in significance with that information The united states government is its own worst enemy when it comes to this and it's the arrogance of power that makes this happen they don't people people, 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 people people simply don't pay attention to the things that really count
0: joe thank you for bringing us back to reality on that one mark from carmel california we're going to take your call after the break this has been a very enlightening discussion with joe thank you for bringing that around It is important to point out it was Pompeo who also shut the Chinese consulate down for the same reason. They've been spying. There's no doubt they have access to our records. And why are we not more concerned about that? Thank you. This is Beyond the Beltway, 1-800-723-8289.
4: At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing, and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above.
6: Hi, I'm Dr. Nia Hergaris with today's tip for kids from the American Academy of Pediatrics. As parents, we want our children to grow up healthy and strong. That means helping teens take responsibility for their health as they become young adults. One way to do that is to make sure they have one-on-one time with their pediatrician. That helps them become comfortable talking about any health issue with their doctors and with you. So make sure to give your teen a voice. It's good for their health. For more on teen health, visit HealthyChildren.org.
10: This is the story of a very special woman. But as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom.
4: Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org/caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.
13: When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear, vaping is not safe for kids, teens, or young adults. It's just not.
6: Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs.
4: And dangerous things like metals and volatile organic compounds into your body.
0: And nicotine, the same highly addictive substance found in regular cigarettes.
4: Nicotine can harm a person's brain development through their mid-twenties
11: For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov.
0: Okay, welcome back to Beyond the Beltway. We're going to continue on with, I guess, docudrama, docugate, papergate, as one caller suggested. Uh, every good investigation and cover-up needs its own code name here for the American public to uh, be able to easily identify it. Uh, so uh, we're, we're open to your suggestions. one 800 But we have not even really start to begin to talk about the political uh, aspect of what's happening to the Biden administration under this classified document um, issue. But before we before we get to the politics of that, I want to take Mark's call from Carmel, California. Mark, welcome to the program.
15: Well, thank you so much. So, listen, I think you guys are lumping this all together as the same thing. And, frankly, I want to carve out President Trump's issue separate from the one that followed up belatedly with uh, uh, President Biden, who was uh, Vice President Biden and then Senator Biden from his documents. So, first off, if you recall the details from President Trump, Uh, He had these in a secured storage facility, and he was negotiating with the National Archives, and they came in and put an additional lock on it. And this is a place that's protected by Secret Service. So we're talking about a a secured facility. Wasn't like Joe's garage. Okay, you'll all tacitly admit that? Yes. Okay, so then move on to these, these Biden documents. That came from both when he was a senator and then when he was the vice president. And they were stored willy-nilly and moved multiple times from, uh, what was it, Penn State? Uh, and the offices is there and packed up and then moved to the garage. And then we have photos of, of uh, Hunter Biden driving around the Corvette that was in the garage with his girlfriends. And then we have the belated thing of, uh, oh, Pence has some, too. Like, somehow that lessened the information. So what, my point being, what's more important is what was in these documents. I mean, if it was yesterday's yeah. lunch menu at the White House, that's one thing. But if it was something critical and germane to the conversation and safety of our nation, or something to be used for blackmail, or some other nefarious event, I think that information should need to come out.
0: Okay. So great. Thanks a lot for your call, Mark. I appreciate that. Uh, we're we're going to have a little discussion about that because that is the point that a lot of the senators are making. Uh, they are saying, listen, we need to know what's in those documents and you need to hand them over. It doesn't seem like the Department of Justice is willing to do that. So uh, Ken, first, let's go to the politics of this. And then I want to talk to Joe about whether or not the, docu- the Department of Justice has any you know, foot to stand on by not giving them to the senators, we'll, we'll talk about that. But Ken, first to you, why is it that you have Democrat senators uh, up there on Capitol Hill essentially telling Joe Biden that, you know, you need to come clean and show us what's in these documents? Why are they not defending Joe Biden and protecting him?
1: Well, I look at any federal documentation classify records, documents as non—I mean, it's classified that for a reason. Designate, you know, under that designation to protect information, country, individuals, uh, and our activities. Um, so Democrats are on point with holding Joe Biden accountable for not having, uh, you know, for having those records, et cetera. There's some things that that should go beyond politics and our party. And that's one of them. So they're on the right, they're on the right side of of, of this issue. They should continue their quest and in their inquisition just as they did it uh, for President Trump.
0: Okay. So Stephanie, is, there's been speculation that these documents include uh, particular documents may be related to, to uh, Hunter Biden and uh, his relationship with the Chinese or, or documents uh, that would be of interest to the Chinese that possibly Hunter Biden even had access to, uh, we, we don't know. I mean, it just it seems very suspicious that a number of the documents that ended up at the Penn State University uh, office building uh, that uh, Biden had there, that they, it, it Penn State itself, actually lobbied Biden to shut down um, uh, Chinese, uh, the Chinese. A Chinese investigation, yeah. investigation of the Chinese. So, I mean, this does get very convoluted and confusing. And so, what do you think is in those documents? Why are they not well, being clean to show them? I think there, there, there are a
2: couple of things here. Um, the first question I have is, what, um, and this gets to some of the politics, and that is, why did these documents surface to in response to what? Did these come alive? Is it that they're just constantly cleaning out documents at the Penn Biden Center? Did they decide to undertake their own search after what happened to President Trump at Miralaga? I don't think so. Or you know, is it anticipation in the investigations that are now going underway regarding Hunter Biden that you know someone decided to go and take a look at some of these documents? These are all interesting questions to ask. It would be interesting to know why this, why was the press willing to leak this? Why was the DOJ willing to hang the you know, Biden out to dry on this a little bit? There's that question. And then the other one, and, and this was uncovered in the, you know, the New York Post has done a very good analysis of that, is there are specific things on the Hunter Biden laptop that relate to what appears to be only from cl- classified type of information that is an anomaly in the communications that Hunter Biden made to the Ukrainian officials before we got the Burisma appointment, that he was revealing very detailed, sensitive information that by most accounts could only have been gotten. Now, do we know that for sure? No, but that is a really important question to ask. And a, and a good investigator would would look at what are the documents that we're not being told about? The Senate's not being told about. What kind of documents are these? What are they? What's in that information? Okay. And what do they relate to today?
0: All right, Joe. Uh, let's let's go to you because you are the resident expert here about how things happen with the DOJ. You also served in positions where you had to uh, actually overlook classified documents. I mean, I think what's What's interesting here is we don't know, do we? We Will we, will we ever know uh, how many classified documents are out there, whether or not we're going to see the entire tranche of classified documents that per, perhaps Biden had at one time? Is there any, I mean, are they numbered? I know when we dealt with classified <laughs> uh, information in the Army, which was, you know, for me, it was pretty minimal, but it was, uh, those, those books were numbered. When they had our codes in there, when we were going to go on alert, for example, in Germany, they were numbered. Y'all, y'all know where they were, but I don't know if that's the same thing at this level. Are we ever going to know? And then also the second question to you really is, should the DOJ be stonewalling or should they just be turning over the classified documents for inspection by the senators?
3: Um, there are so many moving parts here. How do, how do I unpack all this? Uh- mm mm-hmm. Uh, for, for, let me start with something small and simple. I don't think Penn State University has anything to do with this. I think the Penn-Biden Center is part of the University of Pennsylvania in okay, Philadelphia. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Uh, so let's let the, the folks at College Station off there, or where, uh, <laughs> the, the Penn State people off the hook. Uh, this was much, clo- much closer up. to home for Joe Biden. Um, um, it's also important to recognize we don't know. We don't know what's in these these documents any of them the trump documents the biden documents the the pence documents or anybody else's documents hillary clinton's documents we don't know we're guessing it's speculation everybody's guessing and speculating and that that can be useful a useful exercise it can also be re- irresponsible we need to be take deep breaths and be careful um, the, the hunter biden situation is different from the it, it has elements of abuse of access to classified information and failure to protect it but it's different from the situation of, of, say, President Trump, as our caller on the West Coast was pointing out, uh, Mr. Trump appeared to be in in a situation where he was negotiating with the National Archives and Records Administration whether or not he needed to turn over to them doc- documents, whether they were originals or copies that he had taken for his own purposes, thinking mm-hmm. that he had an entitlement to them under the law that governs what presidents may do with with uh, papers from their administrations, and that he had an entitlement to them. Given whatever classification determinations he had made for them when he was still president and had authority to make such sure. classification or declassification decisions, we don 't know that all we know is that he was in the middle of negotiations with the people who are supposed to be representing the rest of us and making sure that presidents former presidents play by the rules when they blew the whistle and decided time was up on those conversations and and then the FBI you know was was, uh, was suddenly summoned in by another agency to go to go address this this negotiation impasse with Mr. Trump. How did that happen? Why did that happen? We don't know. We can only guess. It doesn't smell good, and that certainly is something, some aspect of this that needs to be investigated. Who gets called in to do the investigation? A highly compromised FBI. If you're a Hillary Clinton fan from 2016, you ought to be pretty angry with the way in which James Comey and the FBI intruded themselves in the middle of that political campaign to the great detriment of Hillary Clinton. If you're a fan of Donald Trump, you should be pretty annoyed with the way in which James Comey and the FBI intruded themselves in that campaign with completely false stories about Russian collusion and the rest of it, seeming to undermine the integrity, not just of Donald Trump, but of our whole political process. The people in the law enforcement agencies and the national security agencies who were part and parcel of that 2016 travesty have some answering to do, and they have not been called to account for it. We look to the Senate of the United States and, mm-hmm. and, and House in, uh, investigating committees to try to get to the bottom of this sort of stuff, and sometimes they do a brilliant job, an honest and honorable job, a hard-working job of investigating these things and getting to the truth of the matter, playing by the rules, and sometimes they don't. Sometimes they get they get caught up well, in, in, the, in the politics of things. So what's a poor citizen to do? Whom do you trust? Whom do you look to
0: I don't know. for this?
3: I come, I come back. to Last hour, sunshine is the best disinfectant yep. at the end of the day. Okay,
0: we are headed to a break here. When we get back, it is going to be a round robin, and the special guests will pick the topic they want to talk about for our last segment. Thank you so much for joining us.
4: 1-800-723-8289. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zinc and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, a kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council.
12: One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy. Go! Or you, your best man, your worst man. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners.
0: Welcome back. Do the last segment of Beyond the Beltway tonight? Listen, I'm going to have my guests join me in this conversation. So we're going to have each guest throw out a topic, and the rest of us will respond very quickly to it. This is going to have to go quickly. I know Joe Morris is ready. So while he's discussing, while he's throwing out his topic, Stephanie and Ken, I want you to think about what you want to talk about very briefly. Joe, what do you got on your mind?
3: I have. I want to connect the dots between uh, uh, Nancy Pelosi's husband and Justice Kavanaugh. Uh, his situation. What happened to to Mr. Pelosi was
0: absolutely... Can you uh, pull up closer to the mic? What
3: happened happened to Mr. Pelosi was absolutely horrible. Uh, uh, Any citizen, any believer in our Constitution, any believer in fair play uh, should be horrified at the the idea that somebody was going to attack the spouse of a public official, uh, let alone the public official herself, in, in order to influence her decisions. That's not how a democracy works. That's not how a republic works. Whether it's Antifa on the left or crazies on the right, no. All Americans need to stand against that. I, I'm shocked that, 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 that the government of the District of Columbia is not supplying Justice Kavanaugh with the kind of protection that he and his family legitimately need. Night after night, protesters, violent protesters, uh, Antifa-type protesters, um, are, are, are in his neighborhood threatening him and his family as they come and go uh, with uh, mere observation by law enforcement agencies, that's unacceptable. The notion if, 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 if some people on the left are actually saying, so if if he, Justice Kavanaugh gets killed, so what? President Biden gets to appoint a new justice to replace him. That's unconscionable. That's okay. not the way uh, right. our society should work. Okay, both Ken, sides need to say no.
0: Ken, Ken, let's go straight to you. What's your response to that? Uh, you know, should we? Uh, I mean, equal treatment should be it should be our rule under the law.
1: Absolutely. You know, believe it or not, and you know this, if anyone, uh, Representative Genie Eyes, public, serving the public, doing public service work as elected honor, and it's a huge, huge privilege. And at the least, we expect to not be attacked or hurt or family members, God forbid, as well. That should not be a part of the equation okay just uh, Kavanaugh this, or- is,
0: this is a lightning round stephanie what do you say to, uh in okay. response to that? shows how justice
2: is meted out based on political party right now i i live right down the street from sam alito Le- on the anniversary of roe v wade there were no protesters anywhere in the neighborhood just last week protesters under a newly elected democrat governor in maryland are free in violation, clear violation of law, to be standing around his house, imposing themselves. It's terrible. That is
0: proof. Wow. Unfair. It is unfair. It okay. is political. Ken, what did you want to uh, throw out there as a topic tonight? All
1: right. So, America, we must grapple and get a handle on this rampant immigration issue that we have our, at our borders. It is not going to bode well with uh, those who have been by this administration to come on on, come on, uh, up and cross the border. When Joe Biden mm-hmm. and Kamala Harris were elected, they incentivized this level of catastrophic scenario. And, and we, if we don't get a handle on it, you're going to see a whole nother dynamic of, of strife that's coming about. And, and lastly, there are a lot of disenfranchised people here in this country. And the black community is taking notice of the gross discrimination or the distinction, let me say, of this mass immigration and how they're being taken care of and how they're being uh, repaired, if you will, in comparison to our issues of reparations, for example. Whether well, you agree or not with uh, black uh, reparations? And I do. Immigration at this level and, and, and the them on this country of laws uh, really out of order, and I'm, I'm happy that those governors had the, you know, the fortuitous notion to ship them in these liberal bastions in the state of Illinois and other places. Okay. We better get a handle All on right.
0: it. Let's get a response to that. Joe, what do you say about reparations and illegal immigration? Do they even belong in the same sentence?
3: We should um, uh, not prioritize people who don't want to obey our laws and have no skin in our game. Uh, pe- people, people who are fellow Americans, are entitled to some priority, priority and consideration from the rest of us. This make I make no excuses for the fact that our legal immigration system is broken. That needs to be fixed. We can do a better job of that. Okay, but but we should not prioritize people who don't want to respect our laws. Uh,
0: Stephanie, how do you feel about the what Ken brought up? You know, thing. I think um, Ken hits on something that I, I noticed during the campaigns myself,
2: and that is. The Democrat Party is uh, has found a new a new um, group that they're going to favor, and I, I do think that they are deserting some of their base. And um, and the other thing is um, that uh, you know no one's going to touch this immigration issue. Neither party is. It's too much of a lightning
0: rod. I don't think we're going to see immigration reform anytime soon. Okay, Stephanie. No party very quickly. Did you have an issue you wanted to just raise to the rest of the panel very quickly? we got one minute left okay. in this program. One minute. One minute? Curious? Do, do you
2: really think the GOP has to do dis- divisive navel-gazing and that we are as lost and divided as everybody wants us to be? I think, and Joe hinted at this, that if we just stick to principles and pragmatism, We will continue to grow, and we can mend ourselves.
3: I agree with that entirely. We have no problems that a couple good, robust primaries, honest, open primaries can't solve.
0: All right, Ken, you going to weigh in on Republican politics here? As a last minute, Republicans
1: would be would do themselves well be smart if they get on the black reparations. (laughs) They'll ship it. They'll ship the political landscape in America. In one fell
0: swoop. All right, <laughs> we may disagree on that one, Ken, but I want to thank all my guests for joining me tonight on Beyond the Beltway. Joe Morris, Ken Duncan, Stephanie Hitt. Thank you so much for a very good program. I think actually, Ken, I think what you, the segment that we did at the start, at the beginning of this show, I think that one will go down in history as one of uh, the best uh, segments in on uh, Beyond the. the that Beyond the Beltway has ever had. So thank you again to my guests for joining me. We'll be back here next week,
12: 6 p.m. Thank you.
1: Thank you guys.
5: to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu.
6: Here's that song again
4: for the hundredth time today here's that song again it's gonna be stuck your head all day Yay! here's that song again it
8: will make you cray cray
5: you love your kids enough to watch that tv show a bajillion times Yay! love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat for their age and size show them you love them keep them safe visit nhtsa.gov the right seat brought to you by the national highway traffic safety administration and the ad council
4: at jersey mike's you can elevate any sub by getting the juice red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings. The kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's be a sub above.
6: Matthew. Huh? Oh, sorry. It's okay.